I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. When I think of integrated marketing, kind of our approach is like, doesn't mean you have to do all the things and you probably shouldn't. We kind of try to take a more like targeted approach of like, let's really focus on like a few key channels and see how it's going. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 143. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to use data-informed marketing to build a profitable B2B audience. And I actually forget what B2B stands for, so I'm looking forward to this conversation. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? I have uh, one of my go-tos, which is a Down East Cider. Ooh. <sighs> yeah, back into um, apple and pumpkin season. <laughs> well, you know, I am I'm kind of on the fence still with the whole fall thing. I'm just, I always, it always takes me a long time. Basically, as soon as I get into it, it's going to be winter. Um, but I have been thinking about uh, this blueberry lemonade blueberry mm. vodka lemonade that i had in portland uh, last week mm. portland maine on a porch i mean this is we were reco- we're recording this um a little bit earlier than, than the show's gonna air obviously but i was on a porch looking over the portland harbor and it was just glorious and um sounds amazing i'm, I'm gonna i mean the blueberries are more fallish so i was kind of eking my way in there but yeah Definitely missing that warm, warm weather and and the beauty of of New England in summer. But mm-hmm. I digress. Uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, we're gonna chat with Janet Mesh of Aimtel about using data informed marketing to build a profitable B two B audience. Janet Mesh is the CEO and co-founder of Aintal, a fully remote integrated marketing and consultant agency for B2B tech companies like Cisco, Atlassian, Trello, and Prisma Cloud. She's a remote work advocate who in the past five years has built and run a team of marketers located all over the world. Janet has doubled the size and revenue of her agency year over year since its inception in 2018, and Aimtal won the Sprout Social Always Be Growing Award in 2022 in recognition for this growth. Her passion for integrated marketing with an agile approach is key to Aimtal's success and has led to over a million dollars in sales for their clients in the last year. Today, she's going to talk to us about using data to inform inform our marketing plan so that we can build a profitable B2B audience. Janet, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Excited to chat through all the things today about integrated marketing and data and all that all that fun stuff that everyone <laughs> likes to avoid doing. <laughs> well, we'll make it fun and interesting. Oh, 100%. Speaking of fun, we, before we get into the, the other fun stuff, let's start with the real fun stuff. What are you drinking today? Okay, I have, I feel like, so I've learned this thing about like, you have like the three like drinks, apparently like one for like hydration, one for fun, one for like caffeine. And I realized, I don't know what the exact term is. One of my like employees brought it up recently. Um, and I'm like looking at my desk and I'm like, I'm doing it. I didn't know I was doing it. So I have like water, coffee and a pineapple seltzer right now. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like that has become such a thing these days. I feel like nobody was drinking a like three different things at the same time. And now I, I often find my, I've got like my water, my tea, 
Yeah, I didn't you realize know. it either. And then I was like, oh, this is like, this is a thing. So kind of, you know, change up the the fun one. And usually um. by the end of the day, you have to like scoop all of your coffee, like your mugs, your oh, cans, yeah. like up and like take them back downstairs or to the kitchen. Especially working remote, like the, the dishwasher's running constantly. I know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, now that we know that... And we Jesse kind of gave um, us a rundown of some of the stuff you've done. But in your words, tell us about what you do and uh, where you are. How do you, how you get to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to share that. So I'm Janet. I am CEO co-founder of Aimtel. Uh, as Jesse mentioned, we're an integrated marketing agency. So we focus. We kind of we can fit across for clients like across like the full funnel of their marketing. So every from like brand content all the way down to helping with like lead gen and customer conversion, um, have like full design team, um, do a lot of video work and analytics as well. So we're kind of in terms of our services, we can, we can fit, um, and like customize it, um, in all those areas, but where we, we specialize is in business to business, um, technology industry. So working with customers, they either have like a platform or a product typically, um, and we really, um, build their strategy and then execute upon it, um, focus there. So that's kind of where we are now, but like before my background, um, I've actually, I I actually went to university. I grew up in Boston, went to university in New Hampshire. I actually got a degree in communication and marketing. So I feel like I've always knew I wanted to like be in marketing, um, did like a focus in like women's studies and cross-cultural communication. And uh, luckily enough, the last recession, <laughs> um, actually we, we were able to thanks to Taylor Swift. She, she saved us from this one this year. <laughs> um, but, um, I started my career in IT staffing and consulting firm and like, I was their marketing team of one. Uh, and I worked really closely with their sales team and helped kind of develop out like just what m- they didn't have any marketing. And that was like, was a really cool opportunity because it was, you know, as like social media was getting popular for businesses to use, like I was helping them build out like, you know, their LinkedIn and like the sales team, like using like online, like tools and um, channels to to do sales and marketing. Um, and so of course there's like a range of things within that role, but after like around three years, they, that company got acquired and it was just a good time for me. I was like, I want to get like more experience, um, you know, go deeper into digital marketing and also be able to work like fully remote. And that was not a thing. Uh, it is now. Aimtel is like fully remote agency. And I know a lot of people work remotely. But back in the day, it was not, if we can all remember that. So um, to kind of just continue to get like that, like, you know, a range of experiences. Like I'm going to go like agency side. I hadn't been. I'd been in-house, um, try out working with um, a couple of different in- agencies. So that's what I did. Got like a ton of like client and account management experience uh, and the just learning like kind of deeper in terms of like website design projects, social advertising um, and actually like helping to like manage teams too. So from there, I also like started to do my own like consulting and um, like moonlighting and was getting my own clients, which was really exciting. So that was like kind of a couple of years before starting Aimtail. And I was, I mean, it really kind of hit this inflection point where my co-founder, David and I, we always want to start a company. We didn't know exactly what it would be. He has a background in client services um, and IT um, development and architecture. So kind of with that mixture, we're like, oh, we could be the first company as an agency. So that's, that's uh, how Aimtail started in 2018. It was just kind of 
all kind of came to a head at that point. Um, and my, my first, um, clients that I had as like a freelancer and consultant became like our first agency clients, one of which was Trello, um, who we still work with today. So yeah, a lot of really exciting. I think a lot of people, you know, I reflection where we just surpassed five years in business, um, just people, you know, clients and people on my network who just kind of took a chance and trusted kind of the vision and what we were doing. So as of today, we're a agency of almost 20 people. Um, also work with some contractors and we're across seven time zones currently um, and work with like clients all over the world as well. Um, and just offering kind of that range of services I mentioned before. So it's been pretty wild <laughs> and it's fun. It's definitely keeps me on my toes to this day. That is so crazy. Real follow-up question on the seven time zones. Do you guys also offer services in like other languages? Not yet. No, that's a great question, but not yet. I, I was just curious. Like a really cool like next five year goal. Yeah. Like yeah. do more like regional, like specific. Yeah. That would definitely be like having to have like someone kind of like my counterpart who can speak like fluent. I mean, I can speak, I'm like intermediate in Spanish, but I definitely would not be able to do marketing in Spanish. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> well, that all sounds um like you've had, I would say not a traditional entrepreneur track, but a lot of entrepreneurs kind of follow that same, like worked in corporate, started doing their own thing, went mm -hmm. off and, you know, started building something bigger. And, you know, you've definitely have some amazing accolades and you've done really well in the last, you know, five years since its inception. Um, and, you know, today you're going to be talking to us about, you know, how to specifically build and grow a B2B audience and how to leverage data to do that. But, We've said this word B2B, but I actually might want to take it a step, you know, back and actually have you explain what B2B is because our audience may not actually know what it is, even though they may already be doing it. Yeah. So the B2B, it stands for business to business. So it's like businesses mm -hmm. marketing to other businesses. So um, they're like, you know, that business will have like a, maybe like a product or a platform that they want like another business to, to use it. That's like the simplest way to think about it. It's actually kind of, I think, to be honest, I think it actually is that simple. I think sometimes it's like, everything just gets really overcomplicated because it's like, oh, it's businesses. But I just, we really distill it down to like, it's still human to human. Like the business is made up of people and it's still people marketing to people and that's like how kind of our approach like we take this like empathetic approach of like okay like just because we're doing b2b business to business marketing doesn't mean that you know it's like a robot talking to a robot or something or selling like anyone that you know we're creating content for or helping a client develop a strategy like that audience is like a group of people or someone within an organization the only difference is like you're kind of thinking of like their world in the context of like their job so like if they're you know a chief executive officer or like a VP of sales or, you know, kind of in a hierarchy within a corporation. Um, it's just a little bit of different tactics and like a different approach of like how you're kind of nurturing and engaging that person and like the kind of people who are, are maybe within their department or below or above them. So just kind of a different kind of approach of how you think about how you market to them. But I don't, I kind of feel like some of it is still similar to like B2C, like business to consumer, you know, you can still kind of apply some of those methodologies. Um, and it works actually really well if you do. Right. Humans like have a lot of biases. <laughs> like we're all human. True. Like it's not that too, too different in a way. 
I am glad you brought up that point that it's still human because yeah, I think when you think when you say business to business, it does sound very corporate and there's like not a human element to it, but their motivators may be a little bit different because totally. they're serving a different audience, but deep down they're still gonna have motivators. Like they are human. Right. And so they're gonna exactly. have these psychology sort of the 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 mindset and the psychology behind marketing is still going to apply to them. Correct. Yeah, or like their like objections could be because like they didn't eat lunch before your meeting. <laughs> Okay. I, <laughs> you know, like, you, just think of it like that simple. Like, that yeah, is, like, they might just be grumpy because they haven't had a snack. Yeah. Angry. Right. Angry. Yes. You're not drinking your three beverages. <laughs> like, my God. Not loaded up for the day. <laughs> I love it. Um, so funny. Now, marketing can feel very overwhelming to people. Uh, you know, every day I'm in like different Facebook yeah. groups and like groups where people are like, I like don't know how to do this. And I'm just feeling super, super overwhelmed. But I feel like when you have an understanding of like where to put your efforts, but like you need to have that understanding. And a lot of that understanding comes from data and people get super overwhelmed about data. And when you mention that word, I feel like people like can like squinch or be like, nope, 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 not not dealing with that. I'm just going to go with what feels good. But, you know, so, you know, we're going to talk about how data can inform our marketing efforts. But what kind of data are we talking about when we talk about data? Are we talking about Instagram? Are we talking about demographics? Like what are, when you think of data as a way to inform your strategies, what are you collecting and what types of data are this? Yeah, I think like before we kind of get to like the that to answer that question, I want to like take one step back of like kind of on the like the strategic approach to it. And like to your point, Jesse, like when you're thinking in marketing and you're like kind of trying to understand like where's my audience and like what's my business and what are who are we trying to like attract and convert and and then like kind of like row with and um I think when I think of integrated marketing, kind of our approach is like, doesn't mean you have to do all the things and you probably shouldn't. Uh, it's really like what's something that I think first, what we always look at that kind of data point is like, who is the audience? Like what's their, you know, like demographic, um, but not even just like, you know, like age and like gender or things like that. It's like, in, in business to business, B2B marketing, like it's like, what's their job title? There's like a framework called like jobs to be done. It's like, what's kind of like their world and like thinking through that and then like layering in to understand, okay, like what do I offer as like a company or a product or a service that can help maybe make their, you know, help them achieve that job that they need to do or achieve that goal. So kind of we use that as like the baseline of like very much like for step one, like looking at like your audience. And there's like a range of ways you can do that, which I can get into. But I think first and foremost, like really understanding like where does your audience like live or work online or in person? And then building your strategy around that and not not like you have to do everything everywhere. Like I think a lot of people are like, we got to do social media and we got to be on like all the channels, but it's like, do you actually need to like, act, maybe you only need to be on one or two or one to start and just do that really well. And then maybe, and then like kind of replicate it across channels. I think when we think of marketing, like I said, you want to do all the things and just try to like, you know, like, qu like quantity over quality and then see what sticks. But we kind of try to take a more like targeted approach of like let's really focus on like a few key channels and see how it's going and use that as a way to decide okay should we continue investing this or should we try like another one so like for example you could have like a um like a video series maybe you're doing like some short form content and you're like well we're doing it on instagram reels 
and it's been doing pretty well. Um, let's now YouTube shorts came out. Should we just try to like repurpose that content on that channel or like vice versa? We actually like just did this, like with our own, like with Ainsell's marketing, we have like a created like a video series and we like made it for YouTube shorts first and foremost, and then just like put it on TikTok and Instagram just to see like across all three channels, like which one it performed the best on. And the winner actually has been YouTube shorts as we like our original plan, but it kind of gave us that like tracking that let us decide, okay, maybe we don't put like put it up on those channels. It's going to like negatively impact our like channel performance and just like focus first on this channel with that content. But, and then that kind of gives us like, that gave us some insight into like, what else we kind of, how do we want to repurpose that content? So when I think of it that way, it's like more of that integrated approach is like, what can you do something really, really well that will like benefit your audience and then kind of repurpose it across channels instead of just doing like a million things in a million different places and having it being feel feel and be really overwhelming. Mm, I think that's really like we've we, you know we've heard that before is like to kind of take that targeted approach. I just find so many people like even though they've been told that they still have this like urge to like want to do want to do it all. So I'm glad that you're kind of like bringing us bringing us down to earth. And we get told we have to do it all. Well, that's sometimes. the problem. I feel like we get told we get told because we consume and then we like have this thought in our head like, oh, well, this person's doing it here, here and here. But so many experts I think we have on here on here that have said, like, Mm -hmm. just take a targeted approach. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have this like personal urge to want to do it all because. Right. And there's some channels in different places. Right. You can use like social media. Like if you're talking about just social media, for example, like you can like repurpose your content across like all channels and then like see how it's like performing on all of them. I think that's like, we, we do that. Like we, I think you really want to customize it by like social channel, like your, your content and posts, but you can also just like duplicate it across and see if it's performing. But I usually find that like, we find that like the customized by channel content's going to perform the best always, but it takes time to create it. And that's why it's like kind of just making sure you focus on a few, especially where your audience actually is like engaging. So that's like the main metric we do look at. So kind of go back to your question is like we, our North Star metric is always like, what's the engagement rate? Cause that actually shows like how many people and like screens it's on, but actually like who's actually like commenting, sharing it, liking it, like your content, actually like consuming and like interacting with the content instead of just kind of like passively interacting with it. So we use engagement rate as like, and show this to our clients because they, you know, I think anyone wants, you know, like follower, like high follower numbers and um, in terms of like, you know, email subscribers and all of that. There are like some shifts that are happening that you do need to like more so like um, take a look at more like there's more weight actually to like follower count and things like a lot of the things that are happening with like, and I'm not going to speak too much to it because I feel like this is where I need to like educate myself even more of just like the data privacy changes that are happening, like the GDPR stuff that's getting applied over to like the US. Like that's going to change some of the ways like Google keeps being like, we're taking away cookie tracking. And like they just keep moving the timeline like every year. Like it was supposed to happen this year. And they're like, it's going to happen in 2024. Um, but that's like it's kind of you need to kind of look at the like traffic numbers they're historically like a vanity metric 
they're they're still kind of important but not i don't i still think it's more important of like the actual like engagement and what people like action someone's taking if they're actually interacting with your content online and we 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 focus on like digital marketing so we're always looking i'm always speaking in the context of like online marketing just for context like i'm not we don't do like in-person events or things like that obviously would be a little bit different now um just remind our audience of what the engagement rate is and how how that's calculated yeah yeah, so the engagement rate is um like your total impressions um divided by like your total number of engagements. That would be like by like a post on like a social channel. Like across and that's the thing is like across across all like social channels, they pretty much they measure it like the same way um of like engagement rate. Maybe like the the factors, so like uh it, it's typically like comment, like share or like the three um some other ones like include like video views things like that in there like facebook does i think but it's usually across the board pretty consistent and how often are you kind of collecting this data like how how often should we be looking at this kind of data for ourselves is the daily thing yeah. is it yeah i feel like if you do daily you're gonna like drive yourself crazy i wouldn't oh. really recommend that but you <laughs> can i mean yeah definitely date i mean i think that's a good thing to look at but what we do i mean we're kind of doing it at scale now so like for clients like we're we do it in terms of like at the beginning of the month and pretty much looking at it like at least like like throughout the like every day but like more like weekly and like we create like content on like one to two weeks so we're like kind of assessing, okay, like after one or two weeks, like how was that, how did that perform? But even I'm kind of speaking in terms of social media, but this also kind of applies to like email. We also like e- do like email analysis as well as like campaigns and stuff in terms of like lead conversion, but um, specific to kind of like overarching, we do like a monthly, like at the beginning of the month, like a mid month, like uh metric check and like performance analysis and that also we kind of we actually this is where we apply some like agile marketing and like put it into sprints so how we structure it for like our team and our clients is that we're like kind of taking a look at everything into like one to two week batches analyzing it and then for the next like one to two week batch of content applying anything that we're seeing that like should be changed or improved or maybe allowing that to like apply to like the next month so it's like that kind of constant iteration of like little things you don't always want to change like everything that's where then we like kind of bring it back up to like a quarterly strategy where it's like okay we kind of like learned all these things for the past like two to three months how now we need to look at like how do we change that for the next like three to six months Mm -hmm. so we try to make it as like iterative as possible instead of being like this is the goal this is the plan and we're sticking to it and we're like just kind of fitting the metrics to like support that thesis more of like being like what is the audience kind of telling us that they're interested in like engaging with their like want and i mean marketing changes all the time like the industry does so i feel like that's a important thing to kind of look at things proactively because that allows you to change with the industry that you're in or just i mean like they just came up with threads two months ago and then everyone was like oh my gosh i have to jump on this but then it's like actually maybe you don't need to right away like so it just allows for that flexibility to like explore, but not like throw out your entire strategy and like start from scratch. That's so That's interesting like to kind of approach it. I feel like I did not expect that sort of cadence to happen like that, where you do the monthly and then you're checking in and you're really only creating the content one to two weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys are active, like you are making like not real-time changes, but like in the grand scheme of things, they could feel like mm-hmm. real-time adjustments, even if they're minor. So exactly. 
can you um, can you give us an example where you don't necessarily have to like name the specific client, but maybe in one of your clients, you know, where you've looked at something and then like two weeks later, you learned something and you were like, okay, this is, and then explain like what you changed and like how the data showed that. Yeah, I can, I can give like a pretty straightforward one with one client. Um, this is like recent, actually one of our clients that we do like all, all their email marketing and so like they use HubSpot. So like you can A-B test the emails, um, which is definitely like a, if you can, if you're able to do that, like do it. But if you're A-B testing, you only want to change like one, um, like one, one thing I'm using, like one variable. That's the correct word. One variable. <laughs> um, so like, for example, like our team, they were looking at the like email open rates, but then also like the, what they really wanted to track was like the conversion rate and the click-through rate within the email to like sign up for a demo. Uh, I think it was like kind of to like book a meeting or sign up for a demo. And they noticed that like email, the email that um, where the CTA was like, I think the CTA button color was like, they aligned it to like the client's branding. So like one was like orange and one was blue and they like tested one against the other. And they were like typically using like more of like a deep orange color because they thought it was like brighter and would like pop more. But then actually like the deeper blue color was the one that more of the, like the people on the list like clicked. And so it like they compare that and then so then they changed over and like now the performance of the emails is like stronger because of, of that like metric of That's... like changing the blue CTA button color, which is like pretty, I mean, makes sense, right? But it's yeah. like you want to just kind of test out that like one variable and then like kind of see how it goes for a couple of weeks and then make the change instead of just like and testing against each other. So that, that was actually pretty recently that they discovered that, which is cool. And there must have been a, I guess a big enough difference for you guys to come to that like sort of yeah conclusion. exactly yeah that's insane exactly. I've I've actually heard uh, that orange is a great color for buttons which is yeah so, so that's funny exactly so that's what's interesting yes. like it's like kind of <laughs> my that, buttons like, are usually like that. orange yeah so yep. then, but if you apply it to like kind of like seeing that's like what kind of we're always like the audience like your audience will tell you like what they want or what they're gonna like be interested in of course um the other thing that we we started to notice too is like we've been testing out like like the PDF carousel posts on like LinkedIn or like carousel posts on like different channels versus like infographic style, like posts on social media. So like put the same kind of content and like have it like in like a swipe carousel on LinkedIn versus like a longer, like kind of like a one that takes up like the whole feed, um, like a kind of, we call it like an infographic style, like post, like graphic. Um, and it was interesting because like the PDF one where you swipe through was performing better on LinkedIn um, for a while, but then it started to like kind of go back to like that infographic style like post where it was like taking up more of the feed. So we kind of sometimes that like will like skew back and forth. So I think that's just like kind of coming up like just using that as like analyzing like the type of co- like posts you're doing or like sharing and like the format of like the information. Um, and like almost like changing it up like you don't have to only use like that style of post all the time I think like maybe every like few months you kind of change like the way that you're formatting your content is a good thing to test and see like how it's working that yeah that makes a lot more sense to me when you I'm not gonna lie when we first started getting into this I was kind of I felt like you were speaking a different language um and now I (laughs) feel like I'm, I'm no 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 well I'm not you know I am not very good at 
going in there and like checking. Like I look at likes and, mm-hmm. um, you know, comments and views on, you know, Instagram reels and stuff like that. And that's pretty much it. And then I try, you know, I'll, you know, I'll have brands like ask me for my engagement rate and stuff like that, but I'm not necessarily testing what's doing better and right. where, what, what outlet. Um, so you've given me a lot to thought about. So with, so this kind of leads into our next question. Uh, what would you tell someone who is kind of like me, not really has, hasn't really been keeping up with it or is kind of new to data and wanted to get started with more, uh, data informed marketing going forward? Mm, Good question. I would say, um, kind of just it, maybe it's honestly like just like scheduling out on your calendar, like just to, like that kind of like that schedule of just like taking a look at like the first of the month, like take a look at the, like the last month. I honestly like to just look like keep it really simple of like what were like the top performing, like if you're going to think on social, like where were the top three performing posts or like content you put out and then the bottom, like the least the 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 lowest the the bottom three performing posts like the lowest ones out of the three and like kind of compare them so we like to do that as well so that sometimes like sometimes I find that like if you just get into the numbers numbers you're just like only like you're like I don't know what it's telling me but you can kind of start first of like what's the like kind of consistency of like the visual is there like a specific color I use that month that's like really resonating or like we find sometimes actually what we've noticed is like and I think you both will because you both do this really well is like showing faces in the feed like are more people represented on the top performing or not like and kind of trying to find some like just trying to look as objectively like what's some like commonality of the top three and then the bottom three and then that's where we like kind of okay let's try the next like bat like time we're creating content to align to like what the top three performing posts were across social channels um i think starting there is a good way just to kind of just like get into like a little bit of a flow and routine and then checking like every two weeks and looking at that. Um, and, but if you want to kind of start to get more granular, I mean, there's like a lot of tools, of course you can use, like you can use like the social media, like analytics tools, like we use Sprout Social. Um, but then I know there's like other ones that may be more cost-effective like Buffer or like later things like that. Also though, like the like native analytics on each social platform is actually pretty strong um like linkedin's is great like facebook's is good so is instagram so uh, i think just kind of taking a look at that and like assessing like kind of baseline like what's the top three and then the bottom three and like using that as your guide um Mm -hmm. in terms of like if you want to go like deeper i mean like there's like a ton of i mean i think you know like using google analytics to assess like what's you know what were like the top um you know ch- pages like which ones are growing we use like google search console and get like a monthly google search console report that like says like these are the top like um keywords people are searching to like land on your website so that's kind of a nice like guide of like okay what are people like looking for and how are they finding um my company or the website and then um we also use um samrush as like a seo like oh, yeah. we do a lot of like content for clients and for ourselves so we're always looking to we don't I will say though, like it does depend on the channel. So like key, like when it comes to like blog content and like keyword ranking, you're not going to see a massive lift like every two weeks. It's going to be like up to three months. You'll start to see like changes and improvements, but like social, you'll see a more like frequent email. You'll see like a more frequent kind of like 
turnaround time of like what the data is telling you or what your audience is telling you. Like when we say what the data is telling you, I always like, so I'm like, it's their audience. Like it's the people that like are engaging with you with like telling you what they want. That's a nice so way I think, to think of it. That's mm-hmm. not just, it's not just numbers. It's their actual yeah. people behind there. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think, and I think that's like a nice way of like, of think there's also a really awesome, I think they might, I think they do have a free version. It's a pretty new tool. Um, we've been using, it's called Spark Toro and you can um, g- go to, uh, they definitely have, I'm pretty sure they have a free one because I started on that. And that's a really nice one because you can, for example, um, if you're thinking of like your audience and you're like, okay, I know that they maybe like follow my competitor or like they follow, like um, they like listen to a certain podcast or something. You can like put that into like the search query in SparkToro. And then it tells you like what that audience, like other like content and information that they like uh, consume or like kind of where they like show up online. So that's mm-hmm. like, that's a nice way to like kind of identify like, okay, which channel should we invest in? Um, you know, you may think like your audience is like on Instagram, but they actually maybe they spend way more time on LinkedIn, for example. So that's a good place to kind of go back to the beginning to be like, where's the audience? And like, how do we show up there first and foremost? Instead of just being like, I got to do all the things because everyone's doing all the things. It's more just like, let's do the things that are working for our business and for our potential customers. Staying in your own lane. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of avoiding that shiny yeah. object syndrome. It's so freaking hard. <laughs> yeah. I'm at I'm on Spark Toro right now and they do offer a free, it's like 20 searches a month. Single yeah, that's user. actually pretty good. Like just to get started and play around. The guy who started it, he's um uh he created Moz, which is like an SEO yeah. Yeah, company. Okay, I've used um, that. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, I think there's definitely like a lot out there. I think you just kind of like pick like your kind of few things that you kind of check in on and just like you said stay in your lane a little bit and just use that to guide kind of the direction of your strategy and what you're gonna focus on so going back to your example of the buttons so you know the orange one seemed to be fascinated so the or the the blue one went did better than the than the orange one now are you guys now using a blue button yeah, I'm pretty sure that they are. I should go t- double check the report <laughs> before I go like fully on the that, record here. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how mm. that continues to play out. Yeah. And again, like reassessing, you know, I guess one question I have a follow-up question because there are so many variables, like how do you know, or can you give any insight on like b- different things you guys have tested um, you know, just like a quick rundown, like button color or like subject yeah. line or like what sort of variables I can, if, I can if, read you what they were like, what the report says actually, right? It says compared to, so they were comparing August to July. So compared to July's email, the click through rate increased. So like the goal was to increase the click through rate and the way to test that was like with the button color and then like what the copy said on the button. Um, and so by making that change, they increased the month over month, the click-through rate from 3.5% to 8%. Wow. Yeah. And that was with like seeing that people actually engage more with that. Um, The blue color was like a big variable there. And then Hmm. having more copy that was like more of like actionable, like, like a more specific call to action to that specific like email or like that offer instead of just being like see how it was like very specific to like what that email was about so if like you were skimming it you could see like all the kind of like quick hits of like mm. okay i gotta like do this to achieve that goal like they like laid it out that clearly 
Okay, so you can you can test the copy, you can test the button color. I'm assuming subject line is something that's also tested. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, exactly. What about have you guys tested like delivery times? I know it probably depends on like what time zone you're in. Um, similarly with social media, like you know, you, you talked about like looking at like your performing posts. Like I'm assuming like the mm-hmm. time of day, maybe, and like what day. Yeah, you, you guys. What's that's that? a question. I feel like we used to more so. We kind of do. I mean, I think that's like a little bit where like AI, like Sprout Social kind of has an AI capability with that, that it like proposes based on like audience engagement, like the preferred time. So we usually like use that as like our barometer, to be honest. And it's pretty like spot on. Uh, mm-hmm. That's like, I would say that's like kind of, sometimes I like to like, honestly, like test out like against it being like, Okay, it's saying like most people are online at like Wednesday at 3 p.m., but actually maybe they're like scrolling through LinkedIn at like 8 p.m. after dinner and like catching up for the next day. You know, like so sometimes that's I like to just like throw, throw, throw it out there in like random time that's like actually like off hours when people aren't like at work work, but they're more like passively like or more just like actually catching up on their the day that happened online. So, hmm. um, we don't look at it to be honest. We don't look at like use that as like a main driver, but it's something that like kind of like just kind of mess around and experiment. <laughs> we'll we'll try. I love it. I love it. So do you um do all of it, like do you have someone specific on your team that does a lot of this data, or it must just depend on like the account manager, right? Right. Yeah. So the way we have a structure actually is the um we have a growth marketing department, so they like lead on a lot of like that kind of like uh they lead a lot on like the analytics and reporting and taking a look at that so that team um is like across accounts so like the way that our like our accounts are set we do have like a kind of your traditional account manager we have a strategist integrated marketing strategist who like works with the team and the clients like build a strategy set like the metrics and goals and then um we have a project manager as well like kind of on the more like tactical side of like running the project and uh, everything that's happening in line with the strategy and then the we have a growth marketing department and creative department so then they're helping to like as i mentioned like build the strategy but also like they're like creating what we're actually going to like execute and like analyzing and reporting on that and then optimizing from there so they kind of they work because a lot of the time too it's like not just like copy and like the channel but it's also like the design so we look at that as well um so those two teams are kind of but it leads on the growth marketing department um like kind of like the content creators too do the analysis and then the strategist like reviews and feeds into it as well and like helps with like kind of communicating and assessing like are we on track to hit the goals that we set to achieve for the client or not and like how far are we away from that and then like kind of what are the tactics to like change so that's why we kind of have that cycle of looking at it every two weeks to a month to quarterly to review and then inform what we're doing next Mm. that's so cool that you have all of that built so well within your organization. <laughs> yeah. So I love yeah, it. It's, I mean, I I like ex- it's, been, it's been five years. So it's like one of those things that's like kind of going back to Kate's question of like, what kind of start on first? I don't think you can like take on everything, but right. just like kind of those like small pieces that you feel like, okay, feel a little bit more informed or like a little bit more confident of like what's needed and kind of, and even just like one post per month or like one email or like one one thing just to kind of like test, that's like a good that in itself, I think, is a good place to start as well. Like, you don't have to change over everything because, you know, someone like the color purple 
more that month, I guess. <laughs> Unless it really works with a doubling your engagement rate, then go for it. I mean, right. that that is impressive right there. But baby steps. Baby, baby steps, steps, exactly. I mean, I would say we've taken baby, like we've taken small to large steps to get to where we are. But yeah, it's fun. I think I think I find like if you're in client services or like working with clients on it, if you're listening, like they they like that. They like want to know. Like they like to like I think some of our meetings with clients when we're like sharing like what's performing and like giving that insight, like they like, you know, zoom right up into the screen and get really excited about it. So it's a good conversation starter. And it's a good way to show like that kind of consultative approach to services you're delivering if you kind of work in that, in that area. Well, I think because so many people, again, operate in a, in a, with a mindset of like, I don't understand this. So when they have somebody right. lay it out on the table to clearly explain of what's actually going behind, like going on behind the scenes of their marketing efforts when it's being handled right. by an agency like yours, it just like gives, and it probably gets them excited about mm-hmm. the work and like re-inspired about the work. So, yeah. um, but that being said, so where can people find you and your agency and what you have to offer and if you have anything um, that you want to share with our audience going on? Yeah, you can, um, well, definitely go to our website, aimtal.com, A-I-M-T-A-L.com. We're, we are on, obviously, as we've been talking about, we're on social. I think definitely follow us on like LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, we we did uh, like launch kind of sharing like the tactics of like short form video across channels. We um, created like our first season of it's called, we're calling it marketing in a minute. So we're sharing like one marketing tip in under one minute and we're transforming it now, like based on how it's been performing to um, turn it into like a email educational series. So um, if you sign up, it'll be antel.com forward slash marketing in a minute. Um, you'll be able to like subscribe and we'll be sending out like two like marketing tips lessons per month. Um, and just kind of like sharing kind of a lot of things that we're talking about here, but a lot of things that, that we're learning and seeing, um, just to help people kind of, and I, I think of it too, of like kind of that, like micro learning or like micro lessons so that you don't feel so overwhelmed because there's so many things you can do. So it's like, try maybe one of these things per month and like, see how it goes. Um, and then kind of follow the thread and the success there instead of just trying to do all the things like we were talking about today. <laughs> That's a refreshing thing. Congratulations on all your success, by the way, Janet. Oh, thank you. It's been very impressive. And I think everybody has a lot to learn from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We'll share all the links up, including that marketing in a minute. And again, Janet, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today with our audience. We uh, are happy to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks. One thing that I know so many people have come on the show and said, just focus on the channels that make sense and don't necessarily have to focus on everything. So, so that's one thing that, you know, I took away, but as far as like the data goes, which, you know, I know there's so much we could have gotten into with her and we wanted to keep this maybe, you know, high level, um, but still informative, Um, You know, I liked the fact that she broke down her cadence for us, like, and how often she looks into it for her own clients, but also keeping it simple and an easy way to start for us is just look at it maybe once a month, see how things are going. And, you know, when looking at it, really just start easy look at your three best performing posts and we're assuming this is social media and your worst and look for consistency or you know or or differences or 
what's happening within those posts and make an informed decision on what to try next month. You don't, you, you know, you don't have to go deep into the weeds with the data. Sometimes just picking out, you know, some variables. She talked about color. She talked about, you know, the content. She talked about a few other things that you can start to think about on a very easy and simple way that can then inform your decision. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on that. I also, I mean, everybody can afford to do that some can section off some time once a month to work on that. And that's something that I definitely need to be working on in my business. Um, so this, it, I feel like we always end up learning something, you know, we, we do this podcast so that we can help others, but I always end up learning a ton. Mm-hmm. So, which is awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. You can also go over to Instagram and follow us at Cocktails and Content Creation. I'm Kate Andrews. You can follow me on Instagram at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Whiteman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Whiteman Photos. Make sure to tune in next time for another episode of con- Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating.